0: Hey everyone, this week the show's a rebroadcast. We're doing the third most popular episode in the show's history. Strap in, this is an awesome one. This is crap movies saved by great soundtracks.
1: Hey there, listener. Welcome to episode 21 of Magnificently Huge. If you've ever watched a movie and then immediately exclaimed, Hey, Netflix sucked worse than contracting a scorching case of eye rabies, but the soundtrack was pretty freaking awesome, well then this is the show for you. It's an unusual phenomenon, to be sure. A movie's otherwise abundant and glaring problems can easily be overlooked so long as you've grooved to the thing that has a good soundtrack. We're looking at you, Guardians of the Galaxy. <coughs> uh, but I digress. A good movie doesn't always need a soundtrack to be a good movie, but a bad movie that manages to luck into a terrific soundtrack? Well, we'll watch that dumpster fire all day long and happily ignore the scorching eye rabies it inflicts upon us. That is the power of music, my friends. So join us, won't you, for a very provocative episode 21, when the Mag Huge team talks about good soundtracks that happen to bad, bad movies. If you like what you hear, well, write to us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you story ideas, show ideas, jokes, whatever. Just write us, please. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Mag Huge. Uh, hashtag MagHuge We're on Facebook at Huge. Uh Just please, you know, head over Like us, follow us Share us with everyone you know uh, We would really love to expand out So that uh, more people can hear All of our lovely, lovely voices Talking about absolutely important issues of the day uh, It's just what we live for So uh, please, head on over Rate us, like us, follow us Share us pretty, pretty, please. Well, we thank you. Now, on episode 21, play the soundtrack, but ignore the film. Thank you. And we're back. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. This is Chris. And over there. This is Eric. And over there. And this is Brian. And together, we make a robot assassin sent from the future to kill all podcasts. This is Magnificently
2: Huge. Welcome. That's cool. I didn't know that.
1: It has to play out a little bit. I think Skynet has to get set up first (laughs) or something. I want
2: to give a quick shout out to me for getting Magnificently Huge mentioned on satellite radio (laughs) yesterday. That is good. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Channel 167 Canada Talks. They were having a show about horror movies, and uh, the, the, the Twitter address for the hosts was right there on the satellite radio. So I pulled over, because I was in my car, and I tweeted at them, and they mentioned me on the show like a minute later. It was a trip. I It's <laughs> funny. I haven't done call-in radio since I was a kid. Wow.
0: So basically, they were like us. If if someone were able to tweet us while we were recording this, we'd be like, holy shit, yeah. someone's listening. Yeah, Hold on, totally. hold on. And, I'm getting yeah. a
1: tweet. Oh, no, never mind. Forget it. Yeah, no, nobody tweets at us. <laughs> when you sent it in, did you go, long-time listener, first-time tweeter, and then give you
2: a No, I just tweeted. You only have 140 characters, and that uses up, oh, like, I think, half of it. Right, fucking Twitter. But what I thought was funny was when they got the tweet, it was like, and we have a tweet coming in from <laughs> uh, Magnificently Huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I always forget that, you know, we are... Uh, Besides being a very entertaining and uh, specific podcast, we're also a brag menus for the sizes of the cocks. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, is that that, I came up with that
1: in art class in like 10th grade for a stupid project that I had done. And then somehow we wound up using it for all that short film crap. (laughs) And so it's been around for like
2: 30 years. (laughs) And I never thought it was dirty. God, no, that's right. It was the thing you did that was like the the kind of spoof Indiana Jones thing, I think. Cuz suck- you I I had nothing to do with that, but you did like the spoof Indiana Jones thing you showed me and I laughed my balls off and the intro was magnificently huge and I think yeah, it's just stuck ever since. <laughs> I
1: put a bunch of ferns and such in the living room in a really close proximity and did a tight frame and I had my fedora on and I pretended like I was walking through the jungle, <laughs> like 15 or 16 right. or whatever it was. And
2: you pulled the two ferns apart with your hands <laughs> with like, you, you you played the amount of struggle it, it took to pull apart two thick vines when really they're just like cheap houseplant ferns. It's over here. And then you sort of like move forward like you're walking. I was like, that's really wild. I'd literally
1: seen Raiders of Lost Ark about a hundred times by then. So yeah, it was well yeah. ingrained.
2: So, yeah. (laughs) Very Goldbergs, too. I don't know if you watch the Goldbergs at all, but that kid is very much what we were clowning around doing in high school. And and he's got his own show. Fuck. Well, that leads us into uh,
1: the little segment we like to do at the top of the hour, uh, where we discuss all of the media that we have ingested uh, in the time since we last spoke.
2: A little thing we call... With the French call... Shit frosh, I think. <laughs> fresh uh, merda. <laughs> merd, frosh. merd, frosh. Merred frosh. That,
1: that should be the new one, yeah. This shit is
3: fresh. Oh, shit. That is fresh. This stuff is really fresh.
1: For a little uh background on this, we've had a short week because uh, of scheduling. So we literally just recorded
2: like four days ago. <laughs> Three so, days ago. So, what fresh shit have you seen in the last 72 hours? So, Brian, you go first, <laughs> uh, since you you are uh, on my
0: right. Oh, is that where I am? In my head. Okay. Um, I saw today, I saw Blade Runner 2049.
1: Ooh. How was it? Dick. <laughs> you came prepared. Did either of you see it? Yeah, I'm going to see it tomorrow, I think. But I don't care if you do spoilers.
0: So... I, like, pressured my wife into going and seeing it today because I was convinced that all the the two of you were going to have also seen it by the time we recorded this podcast. Sucker. So I was trying to get it in under the wire, and then you jackasses didn't even go. Uh,
2: but what'd you think? Man, yeah. I disappointed you without um, even trying.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm going to... You know, steer clear of spoilers. It would have been harder, actually, if all three of us had seen it to also steer clear of spoilers. Um, it earns the name; it actually gets to call itself Blade Runner and uh, stand proud. I'm impressed.
1: Oh, uh, I thought it was because it was set in set in 2049. So 2049. Actually, I thought the yeah, exact well, same yeah. thing. Does it does <laughs> okay. it live
2: up to being 2049?
0: It lives up to being 2049 in the Blade Runner timeline. I mean, Blade Runner doesn't live up to whatever year it was in by now, but
1: <laughs> that was 2019.
0: Uh, yeah, we got we got to hurry up, and Atari needs to get their shit together <laughs> if we're gonna have Blade Runner by 2019.
1: This is the year that Roy Batty was Incepted. Oh, wow. In that universe.
0: What I can say about it... Okay, a few things. First of all, the cinematography... Is Roger Deakins, is that his name? The guy who did Skyfall mm-hmm. is amazing. It's really, really it's pretty. so good. The music isn't up to the Vangelis original. There's de- it's definitely James Horner, and so there's a lot of... blah was Crap going like on. Was it like
1: Inception? Blah, or is it different?
0: It's like Inception with some Vangelis synths over it once okay. in a
2: while. James Horner wasn't Inception, was he? I thought it was uh, that other guy who always... Oh wait,
0: no, it's not James Horner. It's um,
2: oh, it's the German guy, Hans Zimmer. Oh, Frant Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. he he yeah, he, he, he does bad. sound like Brah. He's he's the the originator of the Brah. Hans Zimmer is. <laughs>
0: I mean, he's actually a bunch of guys who all give Hans Zimmer the credit.
2: He's been doing that for years. So, like fuck the, him. like the guy who writes goosebumps. RL Stein? That's a collective. <laughs> there is nobody named RL Stein. Written it's written by a fucking robot. Come on. It's a bunch of like grad students chained up in a basement.
1: Yeah, it's literally the monkeys with the typewriter scenario, that one.
2: Yeah. Okay. C- continue. Okay, so, thing things <laughs> I will
0: try to say about Blade Runner. <laughs> um, okay, both the original movie and this movie share the same general problem, which is that there isn't anywhere near enough vehicle traffic in future Los Angeles. Like, I can't think of a version of Los Angeles at any time that didn't have traffic, but, you know, in the in the original Blade Runner, you'll see, like, three flying cars at a time, and they hold true to that in this one, and it's sort of one of the things I thought that they would change. But, well, no. but
1: then you would end up with something like Fifth Element, which I found just a little too busy. I mean, it's, I guess it's got some verisimilitude somewhat, but it's just annoying and cluttered to me. So
2: It's, it's not any kind of class distinction, is it, that not everybody has a car?
1: Well,
0: apparently nobody has a car. Like the <laughs> cops have cars, and that's it. There are no and, other cars. And if, they if, fly. if you see a car in that in this movie, they're there for a reason. It's
2: something that's really missing from the first film. You have to explain that. Yeah. Would anybody live in this shithole? No, no one would live in this shithole. That's why they're off planet. But they never really get into that. The story does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They they get into it a little bit for cities that aren't Los Angeles in the new movie. I can okay. say that. Hmm. There's a really cool character named Joy. Uh, they do a lot of uh, Joy. The be- it's a hard, it's a hard science fiction movie, and <laughs> their themes are mostly. It makes sense when you see it. There, there's a reason she's named Joy. Um,
3: happy, they, they
0: happy,
1: really cool joy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy,
3: happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. I would love
1: joy. to hear that in a evangelist. <laughs>
0: There's a cool scene with Joy and the girl from Halt and Catch Fire, um, who, Mackenzie Davis, I think yeah. her name is, who for, for the whole running time, I, for some reason I had it in my head that she was actually the girl from Elf and New Girl. Uh, what's her name? Zoe Deschanel? Zoe De- Yeah, for some reason I thought she was Zoe Deschanel, but so, no. it's In it's the commercial, the girl, I always uh, think
1: she's Emily Blunt. Halt and Catch Fire. I think she's Emily Blunt when I see the commercial.
0: Yeah, she's mm. definitely not Emily okay. Blunt. Um There's a really cool scene where the two of them are in the same scene. Um, The movie does have boobies, but uh, it's Blade Runner, so it's all kind of somber and depressing anyway, and you can't really enjoy that.
1: I'll teach your grandmother Uh, to suck
3: eggs. Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. I don't think you're happy enough.
0: It is a true sequel to the first movie. Uh, God damn it.
1: That was early. That's like ten minutes. You idiot!
0: If you ate the king of all liars. Happy,
3: happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, <laughs> joy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy.
0: Podcast derail. Um, well, we don't have a lot of fresh shit, so we might as well stretch this shit out. You don't um, know that,
1: <laughs> but go ahead.
0: It yeah, it is a true sequel. They actually carry on the story from the previous movie and give it a lot more depth. Actually, I think I think it actually has more going on and more to say than the first movie. The tone is right. Um there is not too much not too many things that are, you know, like fan servicey. There's just enough. Um okay. And then there's Jared Leto. And fucking Jared Leto is in this movie and he sucks.
2: Ew, what's he doing there?
0: Uh, he's like the new Terrell guy. Um the company that bought Terrell Corp is run by him and he's being like all mystical and and the thing I realized watching this performance is he would have made a decent Riddler, but he's a shitty Joker. Um, <laughs>
1: that should be a good, that should be a band name. Shitty Joker. <laughs> shitty Joker. <laughs> he's the only shitty Joker. Before
0: Jared Leto, I thought the Joker was a bulletproof character. Like you just, there were no bad yeah. On-screen renditions of I the Joker, and then Leto comes and fucks it I, all
2: I I think that's unfair. I think that movie sucked. I, I, I there was probably a lot they did that was good, but it was all edited down. And you know, No, because I
0: the Joker would not have tattooed the word "damaged" on his own no, forehead. Right. He's much too beautiful for that. You're right. And if he did get tattoos, they wouldn't say "ha ha." He like wouldn't have do spent the chest. time
2: getting Fuck tattoos. That. So that part, yeah. But there again, well, Jared Leto didn't decide that for the character,
1: you know? Yeah, but he, he sucked anyway. I haven't anyway. seen it, but I hear tell that uh, he's also uh, a smoker and a midnight toker uh, in that one. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh.
0: That, that deafening silence that was, after oh, the... That, was, the that was Chris's joke hitting that the floor. Was, oh, yeah.
2: that, made, that made me sad. I that think uh,
1: I think I I enjoyed the round of crickets that happened right after that. It was, that was awesome.
0: It was the sound of the seven people who followed Eric on Twitter like unsubscribing.
1: It's literally like the dark backward come to life. I remember <laughs> no
2: no just a, a quick aside. We we made like a short movie thing for this comedy thing that I wrote for in college and 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 it was a bunch of those guys who were all like trying to be the funniest guy in the room and Chris and it was like chris was written to be the moron in the thing and so chris kept like you know jamming out these these one-liners of you know what the dumb guy would say and nobody knew how to react to him because chris wasn't trying to be funny and i i had never met them before either right chris started to enjoy making everyone go what so (laughs) i
1: think
2: i think think you you do feed on crickets and i i I really do uh i i I salute you sir
1: well my favorite part about that because i think brian you were gone by then or you were i don't yeah i think you were still in la i don't know but it was a whole day of filming and then at one point we were doing a bit where we were talking about oh shit what was it gilligan's island
0: oh is this when herrick was hanging out with all the pretentious
1: theater yeah it was like their improv
2: group and I can't remember what the setup oh, was, okay. but basically we were talking about aliens at oh, some it point. Was, it was that dumb commercial. It was like a beer commercial at the time. It was like, you know, a bunch of doofuses playing pool or something. Ginger or Mary Ann. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mary Ann. You know, and all was. that bullshit. And, and yeah, it was like, we basically were doing that, only they were burying a body in the desert. Ed, Ed Geinlogger. Instead of playing pool or, yeah. So they're having like, like dumb Gen X-y kind of, uh, sub reference, uh, uh, talk, but while burying a dead body.
0: So it was kind of like this podcast.
2: Yeah. And the kid who refused mm-hmm. to play the dead body because he didn't have any lines, uh, you know, what a dick. So I ended up being the dead body. <laughs> Best dead and, body uh, ever. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Eric has played the dead body in more than one yeah. of his own yeah. short films. And
2: I had to do a fall, like, like a full weight fall on my face as they, yeah, as like good. the body it gets dumped good. into frame. So, anyway, Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049 was my fresh shit. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, How was it? I that? would actually, oh, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll go out on a limb. I enjoyed it more than the original, and I just watched the original like a week so ago. So,
1: you would say it's the Blade Runniest of the Blade Runners?
0: Um, it, it is the less Ridley Scottiest <laughs> of the two. Okay. Or the four, however many there are now. No, it's good. Uh, definitely check it out the
2: concern I had about that was that Blade Runner had that weird kind of well I mean a, a Ridley Scott kind of feel everything was weird and off and magical and scary in a way you couldn't put your finger on and no one's done it before or since and I was just like if they make a sequel they're not gonna recreate that they might make Actually, a good I story think they but do. do they like
0: the, the tone is there man and the 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 post whatever world is there yeah. and um i i really felt like um it was a more complete version of what they were trying to do okay cuz the, the, the part that it?
2: always that that i i guess always kind of made me uneasy was the 60 story tall billboard of the japanese woman eating sushi because there was something so <laughs> disconnected about the humanity in that world and i'm like if they manage to redo that, then I will be really impressed.
0: Oh, they do that and then some. They update all of that iconography in, yeah. I think, ways that'll resonate. If this movie came out in a vacuum, if there wasn't a Blade Runner 1, mm-hmm. I think it would have a similar impact, especially on like aspiring artists. Yeah.
2: Yeah. because it's, it it's solid. Th- that stuff shouldn't be scary or concerning. It should just be sad. And and I they, I don't see a lot of people willing to make something in a film sad unless it's like a bad romantic thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think you'll be fine. Cool. I'll check it out.
1: Me too. I'm gonna check it out tomorrow, and then we'll talk about it.
0: And then they'll tell me how much they disagree with me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> You're a, you're a tremendous a slouch. I thought it was... That's a cat. <laughs> <face reference. laughs> that's a little cat. God, we are dummies. Yeah, okay. we are. So, uh, so that's Brian's. Unless you... Uh, you don't have anything else it doesn't sound like except I have uh, nothing
0: else. I have been dealing with the goddamn remodel. house remodel. So, like, I am working in a corner of my bedroom, and there's, like, hammering <laughs> it's, and it's sawing and it's, bullshit going on it's all the day. the the money fit. It's uh, The demo is almost done. In fact, it's entirely possible that sometime in the middle of this podcast, you'll start hearing more noise because they're going to be back uh, probably in about a half an hour and, and making more so fucking noise. So let's speed it up. So it could be exciting.
2: I got uh, some fresh shit. There's there's a service through Amazon called, well, it, it, it was its own service and Amazon bought them, but it's called Comixology. Yeah. And it's an online comic book reader. And I have you some can, friends
1: at work that use it and they like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: great. Uh, I've been enjoying that a whole hell of a lot. And because do you have the Marvel subscription thing? No, I I, I kind of just sort of pick around. Uh, they they have like free stuff if you're a Prime member, so I'll oh, okay, know, I'll pick. And I've bought a couple, but you know I'm, I'm grazing. But there is one that I checked out that I love because of. Uh, the Cracked podcast was talking about it. It's called Invincible. And it's it's a kid in high school whose dad is a superhero. And as this kid comes uh, into puberty or, you know, whatever, the, your, your body's going to go through some changes, that whole thing. He's a superhero, too. And the thing is, he, he comes to realize that his dad is actually a supervillain. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. It's, I, I feel like I've heard about yeah, this. It is It is really it's, good. And it's It's really good in that sort of commenting on itself way. And without, I, I guess I like reading a modern comic where I don't need to know the backstory like everything in Marvel and DC. There is no extended but what universe.
0: But what about his parents?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but... What
0: happened to them?
2: They're in it. You know, they're they're all part of it, but it's like... You know, you don't don't have to know stuff that you can't possibly know. So get Comixology, check out Invincible. Uh, Also, Black Widow has a new series out that's really pretty fucking good. Uh, I'm a big fan.
1: funny that you bring it up because uh, we about once a month or so, every four to six weeks, uh, my wife and I go to the comic book store because she's got a few Mm -hmm. series that she collects. But uh, today I picked up the first two issues of a new one that's come out. I don't know if it's DC Direct or if it's part of DC, but they are redoing some of the classic Hanna-Barbera stuff, but as like uh, adult version co- comic-type things. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. really? That's awesome. Is
0: that being done by the Archie comics It's people? kind of
1: the same flavor, but it's the Hanna-Barbera. And so the one I got today is the new series, and it's uh, written by Garth Ennis, the guy that uh, wrote for Preacher and created Preacher. But it's mm. a book based on Dastardly and Muttley. <laughs> It's the most bizarre, fucking weird, (laughs) ridiculous, amazing thing. Uh, I would highly recommend that to you, Eric. If you can find it on your thing, Uh, yeah. But basically, seen
0: some of the crazy shit that Archie Comics has been
1: doing. Like they did Archie versus Predator. Yeah, they're doing some ridiculous stuff. Yeah.
2: Oh, I've got uh, I've got Archie uh, and Glee. (laughs) well, that's a crossover. The Glee universe and the Archie uh, uh, universe. Does the Predator come and kill (laughs) all the kids? Are there zombies? No, but it's. But it's funny because you come to realize that ev- all of the casting in Glee is exactly like all of the casting in Archie. You find that they all have a perfect <laughs> doppelganger.
1: Nice. Well, check out Dastardly and Mutley if you can because the basic conceit is there's some mystery element that's... Traversing the world like a virus, and basically turning everything into a cartoon universe. So suddenly, you don't die if you get shot, but you wind up with a big giant hole in you that never goes away, <laughs> uh, and things like that. So, and it's like the, that's the first two books so far, and, it, and it's I think it's a six book series that they're
2: doing a oh limited run, but it's so Can you imagine. Yeah, it's so Can weird. you imagine if they do a Grape Ape where he's like the Hulk and just fucking murders well, people right they left. do it, the It's like
1: this this drone flying around, spewing all this weird cartoony dust and shit out of the back, and then that's like the, the thing that converts everything to this weird cartoony weirdness. Weird cartoony <laughs> weirdness, yes, I said that.
0: Uh, that sounds fun. Oh, did you guys see there's a Batman versus Elmer Fudd Yes, comic? yeah.
2: Oh, dude, really? That's <laughs> fucked up. A lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, Elmer Fudd as a Batman villain.
2: Uh, I get it.
1: Get the. I fuck get it. Out. Shut the front door. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, just the comicsology, Eric. Nothing else. That's in the last three days. Yeah, that's okay. about all I've
1: got. Cause uh, I did that, and then I uh, I bought some records today. Uh, Chief of which, I was happy to find. them on me, Hepcat. Uh, I got a copy of Shares, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. They call it-
0: Okay, wait, you just said that with pride.
1: Uh, that's an album she did with the the people from the Wrecking Crew. We talked about them a while back, but it was the Studio Musicians in L.A.
2: Brian, Brian, Yeah, he's a hipster. He would say that with pride. <laughs> I, I was listening to this mm. shit before I was a hipster. That's what they do.
0: You were a hipster before it was cool. We get it.
1: This album also has her doing a cover of Fire and Rain by James Taylor, which I didn't know. And it's very legacy, <laughs> very loungy in the shared way. Uh, and she also does a, a cover of the Hollies, uh, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Uh, and it's literally like watching her show on TV all over again, except you don't get to see the Bob Mackey dresses. Uh, it's good. So that was a good find.
0: Or Sonny Bono.
2: Yeah. I hate saying it, but actually, I do want to hear that now. That does all sound like. Oddly, perversely interesting. It's, I mean, it's not, it's
1: not in any way groundbreaking art, but it's damn fun to listen to. Uh,
2: so yeah, I've got that in, that audio image in my head now. Here and here for
1: I got that, and I also managed to find a copy of uh, finally uh, Dream Police by Cheap Trick, which I've been looking for mm. for a while. So.
0: And it's been inside your head yeah. this whole time.
1: Dream police. It's always, But it also reminds me of when Apu on The Simpsons does his little bit. The dream police, they live
3: inside of my bed. The dream police, they live inside of my bed. The dream police, they come to me and my head.
2: Please tell me that's going to be an easy clip to find. I now have so much sympathy for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We go
1: crazy. And then lastly, the, the, a good one I found, and you might, you'll like this, Brian, uh, was a copy mm-hmm. of the album by Yellow called Stella. It's the one one that has Oh Yeah on it, uh, which I didn't realize until I got it home. It does, but but there's other good stuff on there. The best
0: track is called Collodiola. That's a fucking great track. So I'm looking to
1: fire in that one. Records, man. Records.
2: Records. Oh, and I I started rereading Good Omens. uh, Terry Pratchett and... uh, well, oh, I forgot. Terry Pratchett. And Neil Gaiman. Neil, yeah, that's right. Uh, fucking great, great book. Everyone should read. It's funny as hell. I can't believe they haven't ruined it with a movie yet. Well, they're doing that's a, my fresh shit.
1: like they did with uh, American Gods on Starz. They're, they're doing a mini series thing based on Good Omens now. Mm. So, oh, sorry to ruin that for you. But yeah, there's your stale. For all your British goth needs. <laughs> your, your as long stale- as I don't watch it, I can still enjoy the book. Yeah, you'll be fine. For all your stale, mm. fresh shit.
2: All right, thanks, fellas. Let's move on to our our main topic, I guess, because, you know, everybody is just waiting. Yeah.
1: Well, as we probably mentioned in the uh, the intro, this week's topic, we're discussing a really weird phenomenon of uh, crappy movies that are saved solely by their good soundtracks. It's easy enough, I think, to make a good movie that's considered a classic that also has a classic soundtrack but there are still a lot of movies out there that have shitty soundtracks that are good movies but they're harder to find and then even harder than that would be a crappy movie with a good soundtrack.
2: And also if you think back to the movies you loved as a kid, chances are you'll when you watch them again you're going to go this is shit, but what you liked about it was the music because it's a lot easier to remember yeah. the music exactly than the actual film.
0: Well, there's a I mean the poster child for that is actually Star Wars. Um, If you watch the making of Star Wars documentary and you see the footage without the John Williams score before that happened, when they were trying to put that movie together, uh, um, so much of what makes Star Wars feel the way it does is John Williams. And we're going to miss him when he's dead.
2: Truth. Truth. But the, it is true. When they the, brought back the Star Wars movies, I remember actually saying, "I don't really care much about a new Star Wars, but I really want to hear what John Williams is going to do with his own score." Well, when *Phantom Menace* because came that out, was the, probably the most interesting thing about like the last trilogy. Yeah.
1: Well, when *Phantom Menace* came out, the only part that I really remember to this day, uh, and I still actually will watch if they repeat it on TV now, is the the bit where Darth Maul and the Uwe McGregor and Liam Neeson are in that force field bridge thing. And it's like that John Williams, yeah, the duel of yeah. yeah is that what it's called? Okay, yeah, I enjoy yeah, that And
2: yeah. the the choral music that he worked into the piece. I I liked it. I yeah. I loved the soundtrack for that film. So so
0: by far, in my my favorite Star Wars music drop, actually, is the last minute or so of Episode three. Where they pretty much go through all of the themes. They go through Princess Leia's theme, and they go through Obi Wan's theme and the Force theme, and then they end it on you know the main titles, you know, ending music. It's it's a great cue. It's like I assume at the time John Williams figured this is it. There's no more Star Wars, and he just went balls out for that last cue. <laughs> yeah. hmm.
1: So yeah, the, and they're in, and they're pretty much inseparable though the, the movies from the score. Uh, so I would agree with you on that one. What intrigues me are the ones where basically the soundtracks take on a life of their own. And then the only reason anybody's watching yeah. the movie at all is because the soundtrack is what they remember first. Uh, and we're talking more about soundtracks with
0: songs, right? Not not. Well, it's, it, and scores. that's kind
1: of the difference. Yeah. I think scores are separate, but you can link them in, uh, I mean, you know.
2: I would say though that yeah there's an argument made for each like Rocky sucks ass. I don't care what anybody says, but I really <laughs> like the uh the I like Conti's score for it. Yeah. I it is yeah. it is it is It is awesome. But I was really coming thinking we were talking about I guess pop song. Yeah, most mostly that was the approach that
1: I was taking like actual uh yeah. songs cuz if you do the scores, I mean that opened up a whole other can of worms. Uh that you can get into where it's a really solid yeah. score, but the movie just sucks, sucks, sucks ass. So yeah. uh, maybe we, well, I think each of us compiled somewhat of a list. We did. Or mm-hmm. that well, was the plan, sorta. but maybe not. Or at least had time to yeah, think I, about I it. Yeah, I have a sort of list, yeah. Um, so before we do that, to get into it, I, I sort of crowdsourced this a little bit just to get a, a wider scope of opinion. Uh, I just kind of quizzed everybody that I could find through at work and whatnot and came up with some mm. weird ones that I never would have considered. One of them, which I had totally forgotten about was from the millennial sector. We'll just start with the millennials, uh, <laughs> was space jam. And I had no idea what was going on there cause I never saw space jam Uh, I don't know the songs very well.
2: The only uh, thing I know about Space Jam is that in the 90s, that's what they were always playing in the widescreen TV department to show (laughs) off HD Exactly. Ooh, look at it.
0: What I know about Space Jam is I could stick it in the VCR and leave the room and my kids would sit still for 90 minutes. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm guessing because I I read a bit of trivia. That album, that soundtrack album is like six times platinum. and That's just baffling Mm -hmm. to me. That just baffles me. And the only two songs that I could really pick that sounded even remotely interesting, well, maybe not even that's not even probably accurate, but that I recognized. So, Seal does a cover of Fly Like an Eagle, which is pretty milk. Which is a great cover.
3: Trevor
1: Horn is still God. Um, and then it was pretty much where R. Kelly had his big break with I Believe I Can Fly. I
3: believe I can fly Woo. I believe I can touch the sky
1: So, in a weird way, Space Jam is responsible for all of the R. Kelly weirdness uh, to come later. So I give it props for that. And
0: it's funny because if you'd said space jam soundtrack to me, all I would think of was that rap so we're in the space jam or whatever the fuck I that think was. That's uh the
1: like, quad city DJs, I think is what I read. So Yeah, 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 yeah. there you yeah. go. So I just wanted to throw Space Jam out there Wait, sort Isn't, of just the, the isn't who movie.
0: let the dogs out in that movie or uh, something like
1: You're, you're asking that? you're asking the wrong hombre. I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if anybody wants to tell us, go ahead and, and let us know. Yeah. like you were just, it was just playing you.
2: in the room for your kids while you were high yeah. you can't remember a thing about it exactly. we get it
1: so that was the weird one that cropped up also one i didn't think of and this is more related to the score but it seems like we can't avoid this guy uh Giorgio maroder but someone had brought up cat oh, people. fuck yeah cat people
2: American Gigolo. American Gigolo is the best worst movie of all time. I everyone that, that I can rope into it, I make them watch American <laughs> Gigolo. <laughs> it's so me. bad. It's so bad. Oh, oh. oh the clips I'm gonna pull for that. The clips I'm oh. gonna pull for that. Like the my the, favorite is this one from the uh uh, uh, uh the, the, the window blinds scene.
3: <laughs> hey you don't say that. Relying on getting aroused talking about having having more pleasure than you've had in years. You gotta bring up some some stupid little twelve
0: hundred dollar stereo. How much does your husband make? What's he worth? What's he worth? Couple of million.
3: Of course, I could do without it. I, I can listen to the radio.
1: <laughs> it was
2: hilarious, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I love Lauren Hutton. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, yeah, that was that was the one that called me was yeah. uh, American Boy, Gigolo. Yeah.
1: I didn't realize that David Bowie had done the the uh, title track for Cat People, uh, mm-hmm. and it's but it's oh
2: Bowie's got a lot of terrible yeah, soundtrack yeah. songs, but yeah. this
1: one is full on Giorgio Moroder. I mean, you just you can hear his fingerprints all over it.
2: I and I liked that. I like that he took one song, you know, the Blondie song, which again he also produced, but he just sort of extended the themes of that one song right. into all different directions as he needed it, and I thought that was cool.
1: So those are two weird ones that I just never. I would have thought about another uh, runner-up. Also, uh, was Koyaanisqatsi because it's got that that Philip Glass score, which is fun.
0: Philip Glass.
2: Yeah, but that's a great film. I'm so I yeah. I would say that Koyaanisqatsi is a great film. I like it. It is. It is. It doesn't have a is. plot, but it has brilliant photography. Yeah.
0: Speaking of getting stoned and watching movies. <laughs>
2: If you want a great soundtrack bad film, you gotta go with Candyman because that's the other Philip Glass soundtrack. <laughs> I forgot about that, but don't yeah. say it
1: three times. Do not say it three times. Where's <laughs> that Beetlejuice? I fucking can't remember now. Damn Who cares. It. Yeah, I
0: remember. Eric was Eric was in screenwriting college or whatever, and he was trying to do a screenplay uh, based on a Philip Glass, A Thousand Airplanes on the <laughs> Yeah. River. yeah. Yeah. And he says, he says to me, I'm outlining a thousand airplanes on the roof. And I'm like, So you
2: like going one, <laughs> two. <laughs> I remember yeah. you saying that joke and I busted out laughing. And then you looked at me and you're like, uh-uh. And I said, What? He's like, Oh, I thought you were laughing to make fun of me. No, I was laughing because that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, this is all
1: to be fair. Eric also had, uh, I think, a project when he was in screenwriting school. Uh, he he did a spec script for Beverly Hills 90210 about incest. Mm. <laughs> that what? was a classic. Yeah. Oh, you didn't oh, know that one? I, now I vaguely remember this. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's a the, classic. The title of the episode was Twin Peaks. Like <laughs> like they're both had, coming to their, yeah. And yeah, yeah. They have sex with each other. And then it's loaded with 90210 like cliches. Like, yeah. I really never thought you'd do this to me, man. I'm sorry, bro. No, no. I I really never thought you would do this to me, man. <laughs>
1: So it's a wonder he's not a screenwriter today.
2: And our friend Joe, apparently, if legend is true, when he was working for Dick Clark Productions and Shannon Dougherty needed her TV set up, uh, and and he got the job uh, on my request, he he plopped a copy of it on her uh, her coffee table while yeah. he was working. No,
1: yeah, uh, we don't know to this day if that <laughs> happened. Subversive or not. motherfuckers. We don't know. Someone saw it. There you go. A little Magnificently Huge trivia for you. Yay. So those are some <laughs> of the weird sidebar ones that I never would have thought of. Uh, so hooray for crowdsourcing. But the one that keeps coming up, and tell me if you agree or disagree, but I'm pretty sure that the, this will be the the big pick for the show, and I'm just going to say it right now so there's no suspense, but I, I will go out on a limb and say that Purple Rain is probably uh, mm. the king of this type of thing where it's a good soundtrack for just a really awful movie.
2: Yeah, it's. The, I think it's the choice that could shut the whole thing down because it goes without saying. Yeah, that that is that's got a lot of hits and it sucks. Yeah.
0: I was struggling with it because it wasn't clear if we were excluding musicals, and you could make an argument that Purple Rain is a musical. But Eric, you had a, a definition of musical that my, kept my it My my feeling
2: is that a musical is only a musical if the music actually breaks reality. You know, if there is a reason for somebody to be singing then it's not a musical. And the Blues Brothers is kind of halfsies because yeah. half of the songs mm. take place on stage. And so those musical numbers are not musical numbers. But the the bit in Aretha Franklin's Diner when they're singing and dancing or the Ray Charles Music That's Exchange, a musical. those are musical numbers. Yeah. So I'd say yeah. anytime, and I don't remember Purple Rain well enough to know if they had actual musical breaking reality numbers or not.
1: Well, this is the other thing, is that Purple Rain, when it came out in 84, uh, was on super heavy rotation on MTV. Oh yeah, for like four, four or five. I mean, just massive hits coming off of that thing, and they all showed the clips from the movie more or less. And so, I really—that's all I remember when I think of Purple Rain—is just the clips from the movie.
0: Well, it also brought Morris Day and the Time, you yeah, you know, to yeah. MTV and Apollonia Six. Let's go crazy. Maybe like one of the all-time great album starting songs, like. I can't think of a better way to kick off an album. The end of that song is always
2: a win. I always feel like I have to take everyone's word for it with Prince because I just never got into it. I really don't get it. Don't like it. I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, I don't like Prince music. I've never liked Prince music and I respect that others do, but it's almost like I feel like I'm just seeing something different from everyone. I think the time actually that they that song was awesome i i kind of liked them more but (laughs) yeah i just can't listen to to it's catchy i think oh
0: no yeah one of the things about prince is that he is a way amazing guitarist Mm -hmm. um and i don't know that he gets enough credit for that but listen again listen to the guitar solo at the end of let's go crazy Um, my brother saw him live and said it was just um,
1: a tour de force. Well, even and if you go back to his first doubt- album and uh, and the song "Candy," I mean, that's just got some ridiculous guitar licks all up and down that thing.
2: I'll say, you know, I respect him as a musician. I don't, I don't hate him by any stretch of imagination. It's, it's just, just I never could get into him, which like, is fine. Yeah, but I but I bring it up
1: because I think Purple Rain is a is a textbook example of. A movie nobody would bother with if the soundtrack wasn't so revered.
2: Probably the reason yeah. why they thought they could get away with Under a Cherry Moon. Yeah, I'm and they didn't. The
1: nope. No. I think it's, nope. they went to the well one too many times there. So that's why I think Purple Rain <laughs> should reign supreme as sort of the, the, the high bar for this thing. But I wanted to get out of the way so we could talk about weirder stuff, because that one's kind of the obvious one.
2: Can I give my choice for this? Yeah, go ahead. Do, wait, wait, wait. We need to spin the wheel, don't we? oh 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 the wheel we haven't okay. done the wheel this in a while yeah, sure spin the wheel so click 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 There's tick click click tick v. tick it's Brian no I'm sorry it's Eric oh yay okay so close okay so close I thought of Purple Rain as well but the top of my list after Purple Rain Xanadu oh good catch Xanadu is such a shit film and half a really great album. Half of it is Olivia Newton-John songs that just put me to sleep and make me want you to You don't
0: like Whenever You're Away From Me or that Cliff Richard thing?
2: The Cl- you know what? The problem is the Cliff Richard one is an earworm for me. It, it's When I hear it... It is. Suddenly my whole day is ruined. Uh. Suddenly And I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> yeah. But the other half is a, is a really kick ass ELO project. And from what I understand about the movie, it started as a low budget roller disco movie because they were all the rage. And it ballooned into this outrageous project. They cast Olivia Newton John. They decided they would have a lot of Olivia Newton John music. Somebody else said, you know, nobody really cares about Olivia Newton John anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Grease had been a big hit yeah, right yeah, before, yeah. and so they had to pump that up. But Magic is probably the best Olivia Newton John song there is.
3: After-
1: Well, for my money, if you're going to make a movie based on a Samuel Taylor Coleridge poem, uh, that would definitely be it. I I assure you, it's
2: not based on anything but cocaine. (laughs) That is the only thing that movie is based on. It is based on a great big pile of Colombian uh, Peruvian flake and uh, a bunch of guys going, and and it'll have roller skates, and it'll have magic, and it'll... Like, yeah. they came out of Starlight Express and were like, we could make a movie yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, isn't Gene Kelly in it? He's like an angel, right? Yeah. Oh, good God. I had a friend in Boston. She was like an assistant to Gene Kelly or something in LA for a while. And she told me that by the end of his life, he was so bitter about that film because everyone <laughs> came up to him going, I loved you in Xanadu. And he'd be like, you motherfucker. I was in Singing in the Rain. I was, I was, oh, I was in It's Always Fair Weather, uh, an American in Paris. Xanadu Uh, is what you remember.
0: Gene Kelly did an episode of The New Twilight Zone in the 80s, and in listening to the commentary... Did
1: he mention how bitter he was about
2: Xanadu?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but what what they did say, um, I can't remember if it was the director or the writer. I think it might have been Harlan Ellison, actually. Uh, But they were basically saying that Gene Kelly was a jerk on set, that he would deliberately give a terrible performance whenever it wasn't his close-up so that the editor would be forced to use his close-ups.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Good on you. That's a professional right there. Well, you, you think of it, he was the biggest deal in the world, and suddenly he was that guy you can't quite put your finger on. So, like, I think Burt Reynolds would have done the same shit. <laughs> Xanadu. Xanadu. Ooh, ooh. Xanadont. Yeah. It's a no, Xanadont. Yeah, that
0: is actually one of the best... I mean, the the ELO parts are some of the best ELO songs yeah, there yeah. are. And the, actually, and like
2: I said, they said, we've got a movie. It's, it's not going where we wanted to let's let's call jeff lynn and his his band of merry men and they put together the other half of a fucking awesome soundtrack and the title track xanadu is elo yeah it's like i think the mm-hmm. one song the two of them really partner on and and i think that's the best olivia newton john song of all, time. of all time i thought magic was also a jeff lynn joint was it Probably, I I I I, 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 I always think I hear him side one that. is Olivia Newton-John, okay. side two is ELO, but he probably did do a lot of that. I'm mean, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, they 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 probably realized he knows way more about music than whoever we hired for the first <laughs> half. <deck. laughs> shit show. But the movie itself is about a Greek, uh, 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 uh what do you call it? A muse. One Goddess. of the nine muses. Oh, muse, the yeah. nine muses. Uh, the daughters of the daughters of Zeus. And this guy who's a painter who paints album covers, because apparently that's a job, and he uh, decides to, to follow his dream. And as a painter, of course, his dream is to open a roller disco. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. But the soundtrack is really good.
1: Well, all I can tell you <laughs> is that the, the IMDb uh, synopsis for this movie is this one line. The story of a girl who makes dreams come true. That's it. Aww. That's it.
2: <laughs> Damn it. I don't even know what that means.
1: I'd like to pretend
0: there was no movie and there was just a cool yeah, album. One, you know, that could be the same. Half of that could
2: be the same tagline for The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> it could. But any others that come, come to mind
1: for you, Eric? Like it, Beyond Xanadu, which is obviously uh, a good choice because that's, again, nobody would bother with the movie were it not for the,
2: yeah. for the soundtrack. There were a bunch. That that aren't coming to mind. I I think I think I just put all my eggs in the Xanadu basket. <laughs> well, that's uh, a pretty yeah. good
0: basket. I didn't even think of that
2: one. Yeah. As good on you, sir. Good on you. I'm sure I will think of more. Yeah, you know, because the problem is, any movie I really remember, I like. You know, it's like I kept thinking of great soundtracks, yeah. <laughs> but they're parts of like movies I I do like. You know. There, yeah. There's a bunch
0: of the, like. Back to the Future has a lot of good pop tunes yeah. on it. Uh, Better Off Dead. I I know that a lot of people think it's a dumb movie, but it's, it's a, a great classic dumb yeah. movie, and it has a really good. Fuck soundtrack. anybody
2: that doesn't like that movie. It's a classic.
1: I'm gonna activate your dental plan.
2: <laughs> yep. Scott Pilgrim, I think, is one of the most underrated films. I can't believe I like how lot. few people liked it, uh, and it's got great music. So I'm I'm no just surprised that up.
1: Brian doesn't like it. I was shocked when I learned that. So. Scott oh, Pilgrim. Yeah.
0: Uh I didn't it didn't grab me. I don't know. I'll have to watch it, it again. Maybe I was just in the wrong be, i of I
1: have fun with that. But then again, last week <laughs> I learned that uh Brian has never seen Red Dawn and Eric has never seen Gremlins. And so I'm still kind of trying <laughs> to wrap my head around that bullshit. <laughs> so you do you, man. You do you. <laughs> but
3: uh well, I've got a
1: I've got a few that uh I kind of just came up with as I was thinking on this in the last 3 days.
0: Oh, did you spin the wheel? Did it land on you? Oh, no, we haven't spun the wheel. I was just giving I was just giving
2: some
1: foreshadowing uh to build
2: suspense. Tick 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 tick
1: tick tick
2: tick 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 tick
1: I think that wheel is more of a triangle <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay So I have a couple um, Two that are obvious And one that I think we can debate How bad the movie okay. is um, Hit me. One of the obvious ones is The Bodyguard Oh
1: Christ I forgot all about that one
2: Bad movie, bad soundtrack. I can't care about I Will Always Love but You. But it's only the one song, too.
1: Did it have any other songs on the soundtrack?
0: Yeah. It, it, I'm Every Woman was on that
3: one. Oh,
1: Yeah. I think I watched it once, and I, I was asleep by the time they were running through the woods in the snow.
0: All I know is that, in general, the, the main draw for the movie was the soundtrack more than uh, the movie. There's a Broadway show touring of The Bodyguard, and it was part of our season oh, tickets, God. and I totally <laughs> traded my tickets for lamez. Uh, yeah,
1: good move, good move.
0: <laughs> yeah, truth is, I haven't seen the movie. I don't care, but it just seemed like it should be mentioned yeah, in this because I
1: show. will always love, well...
3: You, (laughs) Bobby.
0: Yes. Okay. So the other, the other obvious one, we might as well get this out the way, is the Lost Boy. Yes,
1: I had that one as well. Mm. Uh, The Mm. only good thing I can say about Lost Boys is it pretty much cemented in pop culture fandom for all time the idea of the muscly, shirtless saxophone player. (laughs) (laughs) And for that, I salute it. But everything else is balls out shitty. I said it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it, it had two C-list in excess songs on it. Exactly. It had Roger Daltrey doing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me yeah. for some right. reason.
1: Well, it's a vampire story. That makes perfect sense. The big
0: hit was the Echo and the Bunnymen cover of People Are Strange. Yeah. That was off that center. But the one that always stuck with me was Cry Little Sister by Gerard McMahon. Cry Little Sister.
3: sister.
1: Yeah, I had that soundtrack on cassette. uh, and so I got some play. But I just you would you would catch yourself bouncing around going, I still believe. I still believe <laughs> <When you're laughs>
3: oh, fuck that.
0: that was a that was a good
2: soundtrack and not a good movie yeah I would agree I thought of another one but we should probably spin the wheel Okay. Okay, but at some point it needs to come back to me. Oh, you're still talking? I'm sorry, I didn't know you're still talking. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: no, no, it's it's fine. No, no, it's good. No, no, it's I'm good. not
2: getting in the way. I thought you None were. None of this matters. See, that's a problem. We can't signal these lane changes. No, no, no. You go ahead.
0: I have one more, and you could argue that the movie is is good ish. It's certainly well regarded, uh huh, by people at the time. But I don't know that it holds up. But Valley Girl.
1: I still like Valley Girl. I
0: still uh, like it. Yeah. Starring Nicholas
1: Coppola, uh, who became Nicholas Cage, yeah. um, and Deborah. I've got lots of teeth, Foreman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one comes yeah, on. Uh,
0: Valley Girls soundtrack was not in print for a long time. I actually had like a European pressing of it. It was fairly rare for a long time. I had it yeah. on vinyl. It's it Rhino Records eventually put put out a soundtrack, but this is a killer soundtrack. This is like the New Wave soundtrack. There's a bunch of Plimsolls songs on it.
1: Yeah, that's like the big and
0: one. A a Josie Cotton with Johnny Are You Queer is on there. Uh, there's like three Johnny Josie Cotton songs. There's Girls Like Me. of a Stranger by the Payolas. Yes. That was a big one. You of got the eyes of a stranger. Love My Way was in it. Love my
3: way, it's
0: a new uh, the Sparks had two songs in it.
1: And it's also got uh, the the Toto colo. I, v- so to I eat cannibals.
2: I I think I I seem to remember before you got your hands on that soundtrack, weren't you like collecting? all of the albums that contain yes. the individual songs. I was always so impressed that you had, like, by piecemeal, by hook and by crook, the Valley Girl soundtrack.
0: Well, what else was I gonna do, <laughs> yeah, right? And, yeah. and this was like, there was no streaming yeah. music, there was Nothing no YouTube. Nothing, like I, had to I did? Hunt that down. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I liked the music too, but I did not put in the work. That's why I was yeah. impressed.
0: Okay. So I ended up buying <laughs> the Modern English album for I'm With You, I ended up buying the Payola's No Stranger to Danger to get Eyes of a
1: Stranger. Yeah, but definitely a a good soundtrack but i like the movie so i'm i can't get on board with that side of it i can still watch it and enjoy it
0: i this that was why i thought it was kind of a judgment call because i like the movie too it's a guilty pleasure i think it's fair because it
2: faded with time yeah it hasn't
1: aged well but it's still an enjoyable movie like my wife and i when it comes on we'll sit down and we'll watch the whole thing just because it's Mm. it's like a i don't know it's like a bonding
2: thing maybe i don't know (laughs) i got a couple more that that uh, came to mind as i was looking through my actual soundtrack do it uh okay and this is a film like like valley Girl that i liked at the time uh and i later on realized i didn't like it all i just liked the music in it yeah the crow oh okay the crow had a great soundtrack yeah i had that one on here as well that stone temple pilot song was all over like everywhere in 1994 yeah But it also had, like, some, some Rage Against the Machine and Joy Division and stuff that was, you know, really good.
3: And I think it was
2: actually one of those soundtracks that was made up of Scraps from other artists' uh, uh, albums. Like, hey, we're not using this. You can plug it into a movie if you need to.
0: I'm pretty sure that Cure song Burn isn't on any of the Cure's albums.
2: Probably not. It's Mm -hmm. fucking great. And it's a great song. That is one of the few Cure songs I actually really like.
1: and it's yeah and it's a weird album as a whole just because you you never really get stuff like The Cure The Violent Femmes Rollins Band Pantera mm-hmm. Jesus and Mary Chain are all on it I mean it's a weird mix yeah but the one that always yeah, gets Pantera. me yeah <laughs> One that always gets me though is the one, uh, and it's a band I don't really know apart from this soundtrack. But it's the the Machines of Loving Grace, and they've got this like oh my su- God. the super bassy. Uh,
2: Aren't they the Butterfly Wings song?
0: Yeah, so I worked with the Machines of Loving Grace. Really? I actually, yeah, I actually um, did the single mix for their song "Perfect Tan." <laughs> that was my recording studio's day. They were, they were good, good guys.
1: They're well, kudos to them because that's the one song that I really gravitate to when i hear that soundtrack i mean it's a good soundtrack overall but and the movie just doesn't hold up at all uh yeah it's awful frankly and it's, it's a shame that it's uh, it's that he had interesting
2: to, to watch because it got made around a death that's yeah. what i always watch it's like okay then here must be where they cut a corner because <laughs> exactly no. exactly dude's mm-hmm. dead
0: but it also cemented it as the ultimate goth movie right for a long kind time yeah
1: yeah
2: it came out in what
1: 94 And I remember the Halloween of that year, Eric... You and I went to the the bar that we would hang out at down down there near mm-hmm. ASU Arizona State on Mill yeah. Avenue, and we were there on Halloween night, and it was fucking packed, and people everywhere in costume. And we sat, we got a seat in the window of the bar, and we're just yeah. getting shit faced drunk, watching and counting all the people dressed as the crow. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we it's lost like two count. years
2: in a row. Yeah, two years in a row, we got that bench seat <laughs> at the window at that same bar. Got fucked up and watched everybody walking back and forth. Yeah. And yeah, it was a bunch of crow dudes. Oh, and, and Heath
0: Ledger's Joker is basically the crow in a in a
2: suit. Yeah. Anyway. Wow, yeah, you're right. The other one I thought of that is arguably a great soundtrack and arguably a, a, a pisshole of a film. Yeah. Had six number one hits. Saturday Night Fever.
1: Yes, that's another one I
2: had. I had that one on my list too. That is the disco album. I love those that music. I think all of those songs are catchy and awesome, and every time that movie comes on, I I feel dirty. Yeah. It, it it's just everything awful about the 70s in New York and John Travolta.
1: The yeah, the only reason that I would watch the movie is because of the soundtrack. So that is another solid example of that. Like I don't think I don't think anybody would give a shit about that movie were it not for the soundtrack. <laughs> frankly,
2: except for great drops like my hair, my hair, yeah. my you hair. Touched, Don't my touch hair. my hair! Don't touch my hair! Yeah. It's my it's my hair, and, and you touched it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> God,
0: no that that is an amazing uh, soundtrack. I mean, Disco Inferno was on that soundtrack. Yeah, Yeah. all the, that uh, bg stuff on the first side of of the first and then there's the 5th of beethoven yeah as to
1: say the one that, <laughs> that pretty much precursed all the oh, hooked yeah. on classic stuff <laughs> yeah
0: and a night on disco mountain
2: cool in the gang cool in the gang
0: Boogie Shoes was in
3: there.
1: It's got some good ones.
2: And every time I do get high, I I invariably (laughs) end up singing,
1: you should be dancing! Yeah. Dancing. Like, like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then but the thing when that comes on is, and to this day I still don't know all the lyrics, all I can hear is
2: yeah same here, same here. Same here. Same here. I, you. You?
1: I believe it's what you're
2: doing on your <laughs> butt. What?
0: It's what you're doing on your butt. Yeah. You should
2: be what dancing you doing on your, uh, What you doing? No, on your butt? I like it better my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I wholly agree with that
1: one too, Eric. Did you, Did you have another one, Brian? Before he interrupted you? No. So
0: spin the wheel and send it back to Chris.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, clicky, clicky, clacky, clacker, click. Stop. Okay, so the first one I'm going to land on. The first one I'm going to drop on you. Land on Chris. It's me.
0: Oh yeah, it's on Chris. Oh okay, good, good, all right. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's Sorry, on you, Eric. You have to cope with
2: something else. No, it's on uh, Chris. glitter glitter is one <laughs> great soundtrack Huck you it's my turn question movie up. okay all right <laughs> so uh
1: as <laughs> an example of a movie that no one should watch but the soundtrack is actually pretty good, even though now it's a little dated uh is singles I'm gonna put that out there
2: uh, mm. yeah fair uh, enough because it's that was kind of a, just remem- that was kind of a I watershed that album. one song. Yeah. Dyslexic heart. That was the big song that came out of that, right?
3: I know
0: I had the Allison Chains Wood right before yeah. Dirt came out.
1: Pearl Jam, Jam Pearl and Chris Jam Cornell, yeah. Before they broke. The best part about it, though, and it's a band that really didn't go gangbusters out of that Seattle scene, but it's by Mudhoney and it's a song called Overblown and it's basically their mm-hmm. opinion to how much the Seattle scene sucks because everybody is selling out basically <laughs> and Cameron Crowe had the balls to put that in his soundtrack and so I, <laughs> I salute him for that <laughs> Uh, but honestly, I, this is such a forgettable movie apart from uh, Matt Dillon uh, doing his weird citizen dick bullshit. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it also ties in, into another one that's similar Reality Bites. Uh, yeah, I can keep era. those two
0: movies straight in my head.
1: you so genetic. That one is most notable for Ethan Hawke actually singing a song on the soundtrack called I'm Nothing. And it is so fucking awful. Oh my God, it is so bad.
3: Good, but I don't feel bad. Me, see,
2: no, the worst, I, I think what's worse is that he sings a uh, violent femme song, and the film logic makes it that he wrote. Uh, exactly, song. exactly.
1: <laughs> uh.
2: One of the, the most iconic songs of the 80s or 90s that. Yeah, we'll play it.
1: I need a kid so there's that uh, it also sort of reminded me of Pump Up the Volume which is another shitty movie with a decent soundtrack oh yeah that fair enough and that one is most notable for having the Pixies wave of mutilation but it's the UK surf version so it's they mm-hmm. slowed the mm-hmm. tempo way down and it's my favorite version of the song frankly I like it much oh yeah by style. a lot it's fucking amazing
2: That's actually a great soundtrack. That's like that's like Sophie trying to pick which child to give to the Nazis. <laughs> I can't pick one or the other. That's the Pixies yeah, for Christ's yeah. sake.
0: Now but that that's that had um, the Concrete Blonde version of Everybody Knows. Everybody knows, yeah.
1: And that's a better version than Leonard Cohen. I mean, I know everybody. I don't likes know Len about that. that.
2: i kind of agree he's one of the best uh song writers for other people to cover but i can't really listen to his (laughs) but he does the talky singy thing
1: and it's just like dude uh like every time i hear his songs i just start drifting off and think "Well, what would this sound like if sam elliott was doing it and then it kind of (laughs) 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 that's just my my train of thought so he, he loses me uh but it's a really shit movie. Everybody, know? <laughs> everybody, everybody knows. Everybody I, knows. I, you know
0: what? It's a guilty pleasure of mine. I <laughs> That's and the way probably it. because I found Samantha Math Math is really attractive in the and, movie, and she
1: takes her shirt off in this one, if I remember. That did part. not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. So there was that one. Those all kind of tie together that early '90s stuff. And then, do you remember uh, a life less ordinary? I don't. I mean, I, I recognize yeah, the I name. Yeah, I do. It's, I remember. I
2: don't remember the film very well. I know it was the uh, train spotting guy, but I remember loving a couple of songs on yeah. there. Uh don't let the sun catch you crying. That that Beck song. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. Dead weight. Dead weight. Dead is the, the, yeah, song, yeah. don't let the sun
3: catch you Yeah.
1: It's yeah. It was the follow-up to Train Spotting that Danny Boyle did. It's got Uma McGregor and Cameron Diaz and Holly Hunter and Delroy Lindo, and it doesn't make a lick of sense. This, the movie. Yeah. I, it's like something about angels it's, trying to. Uh, it's, whatever. it's A
2: guy who's a criminal and a girl who's uh comes from a rich family and is spoiled and these two angels decide to fix them up together and they have an adventure in a danny boyle way but it's kind of like the beach he'd really didn't know why the stuff he had done before was good yeah and it's it's just a hard one i mean i
1: it's a totally forgettable movie but the soundtrack when it came out i listened to it a lot because it had all of the the good stuff from that uh that year 97 and so, yeah, you had you had Beck doing "Deadweight," which is one of my favorite songs that he had done on his albums. But then you also get Luscious Jackson. I have no fear.
3: I have no fear. Cause love is here.
1: Love is here. You get the sneaker pimps doing "Velvet Divorce." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the
0: cardigans are on there. The cardigans are on there.
1: i got to dig that out. I haven't heard that in a long time. You get a little prodigy. I mean, it's and folk implosion. Uh, So it's got a lot of stuff on there. But it's a totally forgettable movie, uh, which is a shame. And The Cool World is the other one that I always think of when I think of a good soundtrack shit movie. Even though I love Ralph Bakshi. Oh, yeah. But that's an awful movie. Don't ever... Uh, no, but it,
0: I mean, again. that has, that has, uh, what, like My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult on it? Yeah.
3: Do my burn? Do they take your you got a lesson to learn now. I'm the kiss of death.
0: And it has the the electronic variant that has Neil Tennant singing. Yeah. Like, Disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: cults my life with the thrill cult Colts. it's got uh like brian eno is on there and then i my like favorite, that
0: song greedy by pure
1: that's that's the one i was gonna bring up that's the, yeah. that's the standout one for me every time i don't know pure for anything else uh but anytime i hear that song roll through on my like ipod or whatnot i just crank it This, this cool riff, and it's kind of mellow yet up-tempo. It just sort of, mm-hmm. it's like an earworm, basically.
0: So in the end, this podcast kind of qualifies as, as as something that's not so great, but has a really good soundtrack.
2: <laughs> exactly. Thanks to you, Brian. I think we're pretty awesome. I
1: yeah. listen
0: to us all the time. Yeah. I do too. But that's because I like <laughs> the sound of my own voice. Exactly.
1: It's very soothing. See, you hear that? That's my own voice. I like my own voice. That's the sound of my own voice. And then lastly, to bring this one up, because this was actually the one I gravitated to for like the one that I would just say, super soundtrack, shitty movie. Uh, and it's totally left of center, like indie bullshit. Uh, but it's from the, the movie called Love in a 45, which was an early Renee Zellweger movie. Uh, Don't know it. And it's, it's, yeah, you won't know it. Uh, it was one of those indie movies that they did in the, the wake of... Uh, Tarantino breaking out and it's literally like uh, uh yeah. it falls in in the the vein of the like 2 days in the valley yeah. or whatever it was and it's literally it's, yeah, it's yeah, the I white trash hate this. Yeah it's the white trash <laughs> uh couple in love who are also criminals on the run uh and there's drug use etc um it's just it's totally derivative doesn't bother any sort of recommendation frankly it's just awful although it's notable you know, i'm
2: looking at the wikipedia page for it right now and that led me to the renee zell page and that leads me to empire records <laughs> yeah Didn't that have a that was the uh, other one i had on there that i forgot a shit yeah, yeah. Film? Uh, somebody told me to watch that years ago and and on their say so i was like oh they like a lot of other films that are good yeah. i'll check it out and i was like no. this sucks ass this is like the 90s version of fm from the which, 70s which, and <laughs> same it's, thing and it's
1: funny that you bring it up because both Love and a 45 and Empire Records uh, have the actor Rory Cochran in them oh. <laughs> so that's your flow through that's your tie that's a very synchronistic kind of thing you did there sir uh, wow but six but, degrees of shit yeah but he also played Slater and Daisy. That's the confused. title of this episode yeah. Six yeah. Degrees of Shit. <laughs> Six Degrees of Shit. And I can do that in one degree, sir. Uh, shit. Shit. So, yeah. And then uh, the only one I want to bring up is for my crowdsourcing. And I think this was somebody who was just trying to be
2: uh, provocative, but they said Caddyshack. Nah. Sorry. Not a bad they enough movie. They didn't like Caddyshack. They're saying they didn't like Caddyshack? Yeah, they liked the soundtrack, but they didn't this, like the movie. This They're is wrong. a coworker, right? Not like a friend that you choose to be around. <laughs> a, this is it's, someone that it's a for- <laughs> the economics of <laughs> it's, society
1: force you to be around and not kill. It's a former coworker that's still on my Facebook friends list, and I just put out a generic oh, call, and they were one of the ones that Facebook. Came
2: Yes. Yeah. See, that's why I'm not on Facebook anymore, because it makes it impossible <laughs> to shake loose assholes like that. Hey, they're all winners here tonight, Eric. They're all winners. <laughs> Unless they hate Caddyshack, in which case we can't be friends anymore. Uh, I just—I can't stand anyone who can't get uh, Caddyshack. I wouldn't be caught dead in that. <laughs> hat.
1: Oh, it looks good on you, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's uh, shitty soundtracks to good movies. Oh, wait, I fucked that up. It's good soundtracks to shitty movies. Good
2: soundtracks, soundtracks that save shitty movies. Yeah, whatever. I think we're still titling it. Yeah, it'll, we might we might have a different title for it by the time this. It'll airs. it'll be titled uh, when we end. Yeah. It. So, uh, yeah. Write us on
1: our email at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com uh, We would love we're to at hear. Magnificent huge on Twitter. Uh, we are magnificently huge on Facebook. I think and we honestly,
0: have, just yeah. share us like we're in your podcast app. Post a link, yeah. please. We could use the the extra reach. You to know, reach. We, yeah because yeah, we, we need, need you to reach further. That's sounding dirty. Yes. Yeah.
1: Pick five people at random and send them our show. And, and they'll yeah, tell you friends.
2: And <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll be, be friends. We'll be a chain. And and so, so will be a chain podcast. So yeah. Hey. Hey. I got it. I got it. Okay. This is what we'll call the episode. Glitter. And
0: all of our SEO goes in the toilet. Yeah,
1: we'll just drop. (laughs) Here's my suggestion. We just drop the G.
2: Litter. (laughs) I like that.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, take us out. Song of your choice. uh, And we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for stopping. Oh, it's Mariah
0: Carey. Based on that.
2: Shout out. Fuck. (laughs)